section one of the mabinogen volume three this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. the mabinogen volume three by anonymous translated by charlotte guest section one poise prince of deved part one poise prince of deved was lord of the seven cantrefs of deved and once upon a time he was at narberth his chief palace and he was minded to go and hunt and the part of his dominions in which it pleased him to hunt was glen keith so he set forth from narberth that night and went as far as thlwoon d and that night he tarried there and early on the morrow he rose and came to glen keith when he let loose the dogs in the wood and sounded the horn and began the chase and as he followed the dogs he lost his companions and whilst he listened to the hounds he heard the cry of other hounds a cry different from his own and coming in the opposite direction and he beheld a glade in the wood forming a level plain and as his dogs came to the edge of the glade he saw a stag before the other dogs and lo as it reached the middle of the glade the dogs that followed the stag overtook it and brought it down then looked he at the colour of the dogs staying not to look at the stag and of all the hounds that he had seen in the world he had never seen any that were like unto those for their hair was of a brilliant shining white and their ears were red and as the whiteness of their bodies shone so did the redness of their ears glisten and he came towards the dogs and drove away those that had brought down the stag and set his own dogs upon it and as he was setting on his dogs he saw a horseman coming towards him upon a large light grey steed with a hunting horn about his neck and clad in garments of grey woollen in the fashion of a hunting garb and the horseman drew near and spoke unto him thus chieftain said he i know who thou art and i greet thee not peradventure said poise thou art of such dignity that thou shouldest not do so verily answered he it is not my dignity that prevents me what is it then o chieftain asked he by heaven it is by reason of thine own ignorance and want of courtesy what discourtesy chieftain hast thou seen in me greater discourtesy saw i never in man said he than to drive away the dogs that were killing the stag and to set upon it thine own this was discourteous and though i may not be revenged upon thee yet i declare to heaven that i will do thee more dishonour than the value of an hundred stags o chieftain he replied if i have done ill i will redeem thy friendship how wilt thou redeem it according as thy dignity may be but i know not who thou art a crowned king am i in the land whence i come lord said he may the day prosper with thee and from what land comest thou from anwoon answered he arun a king of anwoon am i lord said he how may i gain thy friendship after this manner mayest thou he said there is a man whose dominions are opposite to mine who is ever warring against me and he is hafgan a king of anwoon 
and by ridding me of this oppression which thou canst easily do shalt thou gain my friendship gladly will i do this said he show me how i may i will show thee behold thus it is thou mayest i will make firm friendship with thee and this will i do i will send thee to anwoon in my stead and i will give thee the fairest lady thou didst ever behold to be thy companion and i will put my form and semblance upon thee so that not a page of the chamber nor an officer nor any other man that has always followed me shall know that it is not i and this shall be for the space of a year from to-morrow and then will we meet in this place yes said he but when i shall have been there for the space of a year by what means shall i discover him of whom thou speakest one year from this night he answered is the time fixed between him and me that we should meet at the ford be thou there in my likeness and with one stroke that thou givest him he shall no longer live and if he ask thee to give him another give it not how much soever he may entreat thee for when i did so he fought with me next day as well as ever before verily said poise what shall i do concerning my kingdom said arun i will cause that no one in all thy dominions neither man nor woman shall know that i am not thou and i will go there in thy stead gladly then said poise will i set forward clear shall be thy path and nothing shall detain thee until thou come into my dominions and i myself will be thy guide so he conducted him until he came in sight of the palace and its dwellings behold said he the court and the kingdom in thy power enter the court there is no one there who will know thee and when thou seest what service is done there thou wilt know the customs of the court so he went forward to the court and when he came there he beheld sleeping rooms and halls and chambers and the most beautiful buildings ever seen and he went into the hall to disarray and there came youths and pages and disarrayed him and all as they entered saluted him and two knights came and drew his hunting-dress from about him and clothed him in a vesture of silk and gold and the hall was prepared and behold he saw the household and the host enter in and the host was the most comely and the best equipped that he had ever seen and with them came in likewise the queen who was the fairest woman that he ever yet beheld and she had on a yellow robe of shining satin and they washed and went to the table and they sat the queen upon one side of him and one who seemed to be an earl on the other side and he began to speak with the queen and he thought from her speech that she was the seemliest and most noble lady of converse and of cheer that ever was and they partook of meat and drink with songs and with feasting and of all the courts upon the earth behold this was the best supplied with food and drink and vessels of gold and royal jewels and the year he spent in hunting and minstrelsy and feasting and diversions and discourse with his companions until the night that was fixed for the conflict and when that night came it was remembered even by those who lived in the farthest part of his dominions and he went to the meeting and the nobles of the kingdom with him and when he came to the ford a knight arose and spoke thus lords said he listen well it is between two kings that this meeting is and between them only each claimeth of the other his land and territory and do all of you stand aside and leave the fight to be between them 
thereupon the two kings approached each other in the middle of the ford and encountered and at the first thrust the man who was in the stead of arun struck Hafgan on the centre of the boss of his shield so that it was cloven in twain and his armour was broken and Hafgan himself was borne to the ground an arm's and a spear's length over the crupper of his horse and he received a deadly blow o chieftain said Hafgan, what right hast thou to cause my death i was not injuring thee in anything and i know not wherefore thou wouldest slay me but for the love of heaven since thou hast begun to slay me complete thy work ah chieftain he replied i may yet repent doing that unto thee slay thee who may i will not do so my trusty lords said Hafgan, bear me hence my death is come i shall be no more able to uphold you my nobles also said he who was in the semblance of arun take counsel and know who ought to be my subjects lord said the nobles all should be for there is no king over the whole of anwun but thee yes he replied it is right that he who comes humbly should be received graciously but he that doth not come with obedience shall be compelled by the force of swords and thereupon he received the homage of the men and he began to conquer the country and the next day by noon the two kingdoms were in his power and thereupon he went to keep his tryst and came to glen keith and when he came there the king of anwoon was there to meet him and each of them was rejoiced to see the other verily said arun may heaven reward thee for thy friendship towards me i have heard of it when thou comest thyself to thy dominions said he thou wilt see that which i have done for thee whatever thou hast done for me may heaven repay it thee then arun gave to pois prince of deved his proper form and semblance and he himself took his own and arun set forth towards the court of anwun and he was rejoiced when he beheld his hosts and his household whom he had not seen so long but they had not known of his absence and wondered no more at his coming than usual and that day was spent in joy and merriment and he sat and conversed with his wife and his nobles and when it was time for them rather to sleep than to carouse they went to rest poise prince of deved came likewise to his country and dominions and began to inquire of the nobles of the land how his rule had been during the past year compared with what it had been before lord said they thy wisdom was never so great and thou wert never so kind nor so free in bestowing thy gifts and thy justice was never more worthily seen than in this year by heaven said he for all the good you have enjoyed you should thank him who hath been with you for behold thus hath this matter been and thereupon poise related the whole unto them verily lord said they render thanks unto heaven that thou hast such a fellowship and withhold not from us the rule which we have enjoyed for this year past i take heaven to witness that i will not withhold it answered poise and thenceforth they made strong the friendship that was between them and each sent unto the other horses and greyhounds and hawks and all such jewels as they thought would be pleasing to each other and by reason of his having dwelt that year in anwun and having ruled there so prosperously and united the two kingdoms in one day by his valour and prowess he lost the name of poise prince of deved and was called poise chief of anwun from that time forward once upon a time poise was at norberth his chief palace where a feast had been prepared for him 
and with him was a great host of men and after the first meal poise arose to walk and he went to the top of a mound that was above the palace and was called gorseth arberth lord said one of the court it is peculiar to the mound that whosoever sits upon it cannot go thence without either receiving wounds or blows or else seeing a wonder i fear not to receive wounds and blows in the midst of such a host as this but as to the wonder gladly would i see it i will go therefore and sit upon the mound and upon the mound he sat and while he sat there they saw a lady on a pure white horse of large size with a garment of shining gold around her coming along the highway that led from the mound and the horse seemed to move at a slow and even pace and to be coming up towards the mound my men said poise is there any among you who knows yonder lady there is not lord said they go one of you and meet her that we may know who she is and one of them arose and as he came upon the road to meet her she passed by and he followed as fast as he could being on foot and the greater was his speed the further was she from him and when he saw that it profited him nothing to follow her he returned to poise and said unto him lord it is idle for any one in the world to follow her on foot verily said poise go unto the palace and take the fleetest horse that thou seest and go after her and he took a horse and went forward and he came to an open level plain and put spurs to his horse and the more he urged his horse the further was she from him yet she held the same pace as at first and his horse began to fail and when his horse's feet failed him he returned to the place where poise was lord said he it will avail nothing for any one to follow yonder lady i know of no horse in these realms swifter than this and it availed me not to pursue her of a truth said poise there must be some illusion here let us go towards the palace so to the palace they went and they spent that day and the next day they arose and that also they spent until it was time to go to meet and after the first meal verily said poise we will go the same party as yesterday to the top of the mound and do thou said he to one of his young men take the swiftest tours that thou knowest in the field and thus did the young man and they went towards the mound taking the horse with them and as they were sitting down they beheld the lady on the same horse and in the same apparel coming along the same road behold said poise here is the lady of yesterday make ready youth to learn who she is my lord said he that will i gladly do and thereupon the lady came opposite to them so the youth mounted his horse and before he had settled himself in his saddle she passed by and there was a clear space between them but her speed was no greater than it had been the day before then he put his horse into an amble and thought that notwithstanding the gentle pace at which his horse went he should soon overtake her but this availed him not so he gave his horse the reins and still he came no nearer to her than when he went at a foot's pace and the more he urged his horse the further was she from him yet she rode not faster than before when he saw that it availed not to follow her he returned to the place where poise was lord said he the horse can no more than thou hast seen i see indeed that it avails not that any one should follow her and by heaven said he she must needs have an errand to some one in this plain if her haste would allow her to declare it let us go back to the palace and to the palace they went and they spent that night in songs and feasting as it pleased them and the next day they amused themselves until it was time to go to meet and when meat was ended poise said where are the hosts that went yesterday and the day before to the top of the mound behold lord we are here said they let us go said he to the mound to sit there and do thou said he to the page who tended his horse saddle my horse well and hasten with him 
to the road and bring also my spurs with thee and the youth did this and they went and sat upon the mound and ere they had been there but a short time they beheld the lady coming by the same road and in the same manner and at the same pace young man said poise i see the lady coming give me my horse and no sooner had he mounted his horse than she passed him and he turned after her and followed her and he let his horse go bounding playfully and thought that at the second step or the third he should come up with her but he came no nearer to her than at first then he urged his horse to his utmost speed yet he found that it availed nothing to follow her then said poise o maiden for the sake of him whom thou best lovest stay for me i will stay gladly said she and it were better for thy horse hadst thou asked it long since so the maiden stopped and she threw back that part of her head-dress which covered her face and she fixed her eyes upon him and began to talk with him lady asked he whence comest thou and whereunto dost thou journey i journey on mine own errand said she and right glad am i to see thee my greeting be unto thee said he then he thought that the beauty of all the maidens and all the ladies that he had ever seen was as nothing compared to her beauty lady he said wilt thou tell me aught concerning thy purpose i will tell thee said she my chief quest was to seek thee behold said poise this is to me the most pleasing quest on which thou couldst have come and wilt thou tell me who thou art i will tell thee lord said she i am rhianon the daughter of hepheth hen and they sought to give me to a husband against my will but no husband would i have and that because of my love for thee neither will i yet have one unless thou reject me and hither have i come to hear thy answer by heaven said poise behold this is my answer if i might choose among all the ladies and damsels in the world thee would i choose verily said she if thou art thus minded make a pledge to meet me ere i am given to another the sooner i may do so the more pleasing will it be unto me said poise and wheresoever thou wilt there will i meet with thee i will that thou meet me this day twelvemonth at the palace of hepheth and i will cause a feast to be prepared so that it be ready against thou come gladly said he will i keep this tryst lord said she remain in health and be mindful that thou keep thy promise and now will i go hence so they parted and he went back to his host and to them of his household and whatsoever questions they asked him respecting the damsel he always turned the discourse upon other matters and when a year from that time was gone he caused a hundred knights to equip themselves and to go with him to the palace of hepheth hen and he came to the palace and there was great joy concerning him with much concourse of people and great rejoicing and vast preparations for his coming and the whole court was placed under his orders and the hall was garnished and they went to meet and thus did they sit hepheth hen was on one side of poise and rhianon on the other and all the rest according to their rank and they eat and feasted and talked one with another and at the beginning of the carousal after the meat there entered a tall auburn-haired youth of royal bearing clothed in a garment of satin and when he came into the hall he saluted poise and his companions the greeting of heaven be unto thee my soul said poise come thou and sit down nay said he a suitor am i and i will do mine errand do so willingly said poise lord said he my errand is unto thee and it is to crave a boon of thee that i come what boon soever thou mayest ask of me as far as i am able thou shall have ah said rhianon wherefore didst thou give that answer has he not given it before the presence of these nobles asked the youth my soul said poise what is the boon thou askest the lady whom best i love is to be thy bride this night i come to ask her of thee with the feast and the banquet that are in this place and poise was silent because of the answer which he had given 
be silent as long as thou wilt said rhianon never did man make worse use of his wits than thou hast done lady said he i knew not who he was behold this is the man to whom they would have given me against my will said she and he is gual the son of cleed a man of great power and wealth and because of the word thou hast spoken bestow me upon him lest shame befall thee lady said he i understand not thine answer never can i do as thou sayest bestow me upon him said she and i will cause that i shall never be his by what means will that be asked poise in thy hand will i give thee a small bag said she see that thou keep it well and he will ask of thee the banquet and the feast and the preparations which are not in thy power unto the hosts and the household will i give the feast and such will be thy answer respecting this and as concerns myself i will engage to become his bride this night twelve month and at the end of the year be thou here said she and bring this bag with thee and let thy hundred knights be in the orchard up yonder and when he is in the midst of joy and feasting come thou in by thyself clad in ragged garments and holding thy bag in thy hand and ask nothing but a bag full of food and i will cause that if all the meat and liquor that are in these seven cantrefs were put into it it would be no fuller than before and after a great deal has been put therein he will ask thee whether thy bag will ever be full say thou then that it never will until a man of noble birth and of great wealth arise and press the food in the bag with both his feet saying enough has been put therein and i will cause him to go and tread down the food in the bag and when he does so turn thou the bag so that he shall be up over his head in it and then slip a knot upon the thongs of the bag let there be also a good bugle-horn about thy neck and as soon as thou hast bound him in the bag wind thy horn and let it be a signal between thee and thy knights and when they hear the sound of the horn let them come down upon the palace lord said growl it is meet that i have an answer to my request as much of that thou hast asked as it is in my power to give thou shalt have replied poise my soul said rhianon unto him as for the feast and the banquet that are here i have bestowed them upon the men of deved and the household and the warriors that are with us these can i not suffer to be given to any in a year from to-night a banquet shall be prepared for thee in this palace that i may become thy bride End of section one